Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and in this week's Conditional Release Program, we ask, are there too many Kennedys, and could we possibly reduce that number by one? Yes, this week, Carolyn Bouvier Kennedy was appointed the US Ambassador to Australia by the Biden administration, to the cheers of just about everyone. But there's another Kennedy grifting his ass off in the anti-vax movement who was telling everyone not to get vaxxed. But if you want to come to his house, you better roll your sleeves up. How would we get how would we get rid of a surplus to requirements, Kennedy? Let me count the ways, Joel. Oh, yes, very morbid. Meanwhile, uh, in uh, more birthing news, uh, Widow Yankovic is pregnant, Jack. Ah, huge congratulations from all at the podcast with the expectant mother, Weird Al. Meanwhile, we ask, are birds real? And if not, who the fuck has been shitting on Joel's car on the street? And we'll have all your favourites, including a special sponsor who we are determined not to ignore, and The Week in Pete Evans, which is even huger than last Huge. week. Huge. Just even huger than last Huge. week. And we're going to get right onto it right now because the clock's running. Grab the clock, Joel. Yep. Don't let it get away because I can see it's running, and that means it's time for the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. And in news this week, we've discovered a lot of things. Firstly, that male pregnancy is a thing. Yes, uh, dudes can have kids now. Although it doesn't take the nine months that the superior female system takes to cook it up, us male slugs procrastinate a lot and take about eight years to cook a loaf of bread. That's that's bigger than elephants. Yes, yes, it is. uh, (laughs) We just like to do other stuff. You know, I'm busy. So it turns out this experimental procedure is being carried out by the one and only Weird Al Yankovic. I love Weird Al. And I'm glad he's breeding because... More Weird Al's for the better, you know. Hopefully they also do a great polka parody. But of course, this is yet another conspiracy theory which appears to be genuinely too cooked to be real. I mean, really, Weird Al being pregnant, but who knows? The line between actual conspiracy theory and satire is very, very fine these days. Yeah, we're going to touch on a bit of that a bit later on in our news uh, segment too. But tell me, Joel, is Weird Al actually pregnant? No. Almost certainly not. But that doesn't stop people from speculating out wildly on the internet because, uh, I don't know, uh, people are fucking bored. So this was posted to the shitposting group by His Excellency David Bell. And I'm both thankful and upset to have learned about this pile of total horse shit. It all revolves around the website weirdalmpreg.com. <laughs> and the site is terrifyingly set out. It's red text in all caps with a black background Blah. with this like proper GeoCities vibe. If you remember back in the day, the free the free hosting service that let us all make abhorrent websites. Uh, it was terrible. The whole MS sort of paint style, these PNG pictures of Weird Al next to like ovaries is completely absurd. I saw the domain was registered in September 2020, but it has the unmistakable mistakable style of 2002, which is the kind of thing that either a genius web designer has made contemporary art of, or it is the bumbling design of a confused boomer. Um, You just can't tell. You can't tell. And that's the thing. If this is, it's brilliant. If it's not, well, it is what it is. The site shows various pictures of Weird Al with a baby bump. And then some Mm. pictures are a bit of a reach. There's a shadow on a shirt. But some sites show that Weird Al's got a bit of a gut. 
that I mean, realistically, I may also be pregnant because that is the only explanation for my giant grotesque belly. I mean, well, look, uh, you could throw me in there too, Joel. And I'm going <laughs> to say I've been gestating for a few years now. That's just it. about due. That's it. That's it. And when we birth, but until then, lay off. We can't lose and weight. And my nipples really hurt. <laughs> So the lunatic author explains Weird Al's lovely long hair is actually a product of female hormones because dudes can't have long hair or something, and that he died at purple in 2020 due to pregnancy-related mood swings because, you know, <laughs> yeah, why? that's what, why? what, like you dye your hair because of moods. Okay. The author also claims that Weird Al's silence on social media makes it difficult to keep up with his pregnancy, mm, challenges, and mm. maybe due to the advanced nature of his pregnancy that he can't cover up. But like it's an eight-year process. He's been out eight doing years concerts. of gestation. It's so longer it's, than elephants. But of course, like that is just they just made that up. Like eight years. Where the fuck did they get that from? They just made it up. So here's a quote from this genius, and this is all in caps. So I'm going to try not to yell it because my natural reaction to reading this is just to screw it into the microphone. I believe around now his bump would be very difficult to hide from most people. Mm. Perfectly aligned with the rapid spreading of COVID nineteen in America. There you go. I believe it fully is a coincidence as blaming a worldwide pandemic on one man's pregnancy is far too crazy of a theory with no backing. Although I have my thoughts on the spread of the virus, I will keep this website focused on one topic and one topic only, Al's pregnancy and the eventual birth of his child. Yeah. It is a bridge too far. I mean, like, he's, he's not kidding. Like, that is that is fair. That is a bridge too far. I mean, that's crazy. Here's another great quote. Uh, I'm sure you've all realized that I have not been updating the site. I regret to inform I've been infected with some type of virus, not the Corona (laughs) COVID-19 virus, but something different. I had received several threatening emails from a possibly fake Google email addresses the day before I fell ill. I suspect someone may be trying to silence me, possibly Weird Al or his team. It could be. It could be Weird Al. I mean, if you're onto something, you're going to get buried. I will update again when I have time. Thank you for sticking with me, Al theorists. A late happy holidays to you all. Okay. Okay. Well, look, I'm just going to say it up here. That just, I find it very difficult to see that this is not a piss take. But who knows? He has the most just absurd hot takes on how women work. Like the whole estrogen mood swings. That is such an incel thing to say when you like never met a woman. You're like, I've heard of periods, but how do they work? And like, you know, these claims of harassment from Weird Al fans. Like, what? Weird Al fans are, like, if anything, <laughs> too impotent. I mean, grow a backbone, guys. You know, stop poker dancing and start fighting. But this it just it stinks of bullshit. But who knows? The line is just so opaque. Oldmate has a subreddit where he posts this nonsense, and he takes it incredibly seriously. He, like, really plays the part. Like, he's, he's committed to the bit. And, like, you know, it's on face value because he doesn't do a lot of posting. But when it comes down to the website... The MS Paint style looks intentional, but it also might not be. It's so hard to tell. But either way, <laughs> yeah. the bottom line to this is that the line between satire and conspiracy theory is so terrifyingly thin, we can't tell whether the Weird Al male pregnancy guy is kidding or not. And that is a dangerous state of affairs. So look, moving on. Moving on. Moving right along. The business-loving 
peaceful protest movement is continuing to show their love for business and their peaceful nature by routinely assaulting workers enforcing code restrictions. And while this is nothing new, it has prompted a piece by Eden Gillespie from SBS who reported the campaign against racism and fascism, otherwise known as CARF, who uh, is a bit of a thorn in the side of the movement these days, the Antifa apparently, have been appealing to workers for their stories of, you know, random violence from the hands of aggressive anti-vaxxers. And they've received a lot of them. I think it's only, uh, only been a few days up over 100 stories. And this is just from this like one limited portal. Verbal and physical harassment has become completely standard for workers in the pandemic. Whether they agree with the laws or not, they are there to enforce them and this is their bread and butter. Right-wing movements are inherently anti-worker and they see workers as servants. So this is the way it's played out. They've just seen these grown adults throwing toddler-like tantrums, physically assaulting staff because they've been asked to follow basic pandemic mitigation procedures. just, it's just absolutely beyond the pale. So reports have included people spitting on workers, damaging stock in tantrums and leaving the store, throwing money at workers and doing their annoying, I'm just asking questions dance about how it's all tyranny and freedom. Like no one gives a shit. No one cares. No one fucking cares. So one lad at a hardware store reported that once an hour, someone would call us stupid. I mean, so you go to work for, let's say, 25 bucks an hour, time and a half on the weekends, just to wait around and see who's going to harass you. Will it be verbal or will it be physical? You just don't know. Apparently, an elderly woman was reported to have slapped a worker. Imagine getting whacked by an anti-vaxxer grandma. I mean, like- <laughs> it's awful. What are you going to do? You're not even going to want to report that, you know? So you have to deal with that kind of indignity. And what do you do? You just, yeah, you just stand there and take it, right? You're not going to hit a fucking grandma. (laughs) Come on. So bus drivers who have been the punching bags of the public for years. I mean, I'm from the Northern Beaches. The L90 bus drivers copped a lot of shit. They're terrified to ask people to wear masks. And why? They're routinely assaulted. I mean, severely. And this is Mm. because anti-vaxxers are violent. And of course, Bunnings, which has become known as basically an anti-vaxxer war zone, features heavily in these assaults. It always comes back to Bunnings. So as we all know, anti-vaxxers love doing this and love filming themselves doing it. But for every viral video, there's hundreds of other ridiculous altercations happening of the same nature off camera. These people do it for sport. You know, they go from store to store to fuck with staff doing the same thing, trying to pill them with truth bombs. And it's almost sad they think this is some kind of service they're doing. This is some sort of purpose. But of course, the internet makes them think they're doing something noble because they're in echo chambers full of idiots. So beyond that, they simply just throw these online tantrums, posting fake negative comments, reviews on their pages, flooding their phone lines with harassment, and then ordering the little foot soldiers to go and call shit at the premises. I mean, this has resulted in serious vandalism at cafes and places like that with workers being targeted on their way home from shift. So it's just just gone too far. It's good to see the calf are taking notes on this, but where are the cops? We see time and time again, this is the same people doing this over and over. It's a handful of people. And the cops just catch and release them, if that. And it's yeah. like, like they're not going to learn a lesson from the interaction. They're not scared of police. They go back to their telegram echo chambers and they're absolutely galvanized to do it again. These people are children. They respond to carrot and stick. Get out the stick. So now the regulations are softening in both New South Wales and Victoria. We are seeing yes. an expected rise in cases. But with any luck, we're going to see a decrease in violence against workers. But while the law has relaxed, and this is incredibly anecdotal, I've been to two pubs since the playground Freedom Day the other day, and both of them checked my vaccination status and would have easily refused entry without it. This is voluntary. 
And as you've always said, Jack, even without the laws in place to protect the workers, from, as you've always said, Jack, even without the laws in place to protect the workers from the plague, businesses are going to retain restrictions, not because yeah. of tyranny, but because of basic workers' rights and because people just don't want plague rats around. And while they'll pierce and stomp and complain, at the end of the day, no one likes a plague rat. Nope. And actually, in the end, no one needed the government to tell us that. Yeah, exactly. It's just ridiculous. So, all right, that's enough of me. Let's get some of you. Jack, a Byron Bay woman is taking legal action after she was allegedly sacked for getting the COVID jab. Yeah, getting the COVID jab. Yeah, Ridiculous. take that fighters for freedom against vaccine mandates. That's right. One for one, right? According to an ABC report on 16 December, Lainey Chait was working as a client care consultant for the Newcastle-based Church of Ubuntu. And we'll get to them in a minute. It's a group that promotes and sells alternative health remedies, including hemp products. Gross. You can imagine what they're like. Miss Chase said she lost her job in October when it became known she was vaccinated. She said, for the past 25 years, I've been going, I don't want, I don't need the Western approach. But in this particular scenario, I did. Miss Chate said she supported freedom of choice in healthcare and was shocked to learn she was being dismissed for making a personal decision to be vaccinated. Because they're not pro-choice, they're anti-vax. They say pro-choice, but they're fucking lying. Mm, It seems extremely hypocritical, and I think there are a lot of people in the wellness industry that are hypocrites. Uh Well said, Laney. You're absolutely (laughs) right on the money there. Because really, she said, you're in the industry to help people, not judge them. Mm. A lot of the customers that come to them are vaccinated, so why are you still serving customers that are vaccinated and not employing people that are vaccinated? Money. That part I don't get. And that's the hypocrisy that pisses me off the most. We have a smart one. We have a rare smart one. Yeah, the termination letter laid out the reasons behind the decision, describing Miss Chait as a highly valued subcontractor. (laughs) Subcontractor. Slip that one in there. Uh, With the Ubuntu Wellness Clinic, Newcastle. It was also recognised as a full member of the Church of Ubuntu. Yeah, it's like the Church of Scientology. You know, it's, it's like the Church it, of Linux it's, it's for, that for nerds. much of a religion. It cited, that's a termination letter, cited frustration with the New South Wales government's, quote, enforced medical apartheid, unquote, and, quote, a highly disproportionate response to the SARS-CoV-2 virus, unquote. <laughs> a lawyer for uh, Ms. Chait. Mark Swivel from Barefoot Law said the decisions went completely against the current trend of vaccine mandates. The dispute about whether someone is an employee or a contractor, which is something that was spelt out in the Church of Ubuntu's uh, letter, is a really common one that the Fair Work Commission deals with. So that's a perfectly normal part of it. She will be accepted as an employee. Then the question whether the dismissal was fair, well, I think it's a fairly open and shut case. I have to agree with him. We were supposed to have a conciliation recently, but the Church of Ubuntu did not appear. So we're now looking for a new date. If they don't turn up again then we can take the matter to the federal court. Which Go is expensive it. and annoying. No, well, federal court's not as expensive as the Supreme Court, but out you get it's federal law, so off you go to federal court. still annoying. The Church of Ubuntu said its position was as outlined in the letter to Miss Chate and that she was offered alternative work with an affiliate but declined. Mm. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. We go, oh, look, uh, we don't want you working here. We'd like you to work for someone else, and here's someone, here's, here's a name we've got. 
You know, here's their <laughs> phone number. It's not the yeah. same fucking thing. Your employees deserve protection from exploitation, which includes unfair dismissal. Yep. Now, the Church of Ubuntu last made news when a four-year when a four-year-old boy, Chase Walker Stephen, who suffers from spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy as a result of epileptic seizures that began shortly after birth, became the subject of a two-state police search last week as his parents fled with him from a Queensland hospital. And the boy was taken from hospital in Queensland by his parents after the Queensland courts had ordered the boy remain in hospital for treatment. Long story short, the boy ended up in the hands of the Church of Ubuntu. What could possibly go wrong? Now, the parents eventually returned the boy to hospital, but not before two of Australia's most extreme anti-vaccine campaigners behind the Chase walker Stephen story came forward claiming the boy was vaccine-injured and turning him into a poster boy for the movement. Fucking terrible people. Now, they couldn't get away with that because clearly uh, this boy suffered seizures shortly, within within minutes of birth. Yeah. And that resulted in his long-term injuries. But they don't appeal to logic or science or any kind no. of reason. They so appeal to idiots and they appeal to emotion. Yeah, and so therefore, you know, and no, it works. no vaccines were administered. Now, the two anti-vaxxers in question, one is Andrew Catalaris, a doctor deregistered in 2005 for growing and supplying cannabis from oh, the Church unfair. of Ubuntu, and Peter Little, a real piece of work, Total an anti-vax grifter. Uh, they both claimed the boy was vaccine injured, and when that didn't check out, because it couldn't, as we just explained, Little yep. claimed it was due to the shot of vitamin K given to the boy shortly after birth. And vitamin K is routinely given to children at birth as a safe means of stopping bleeding. And this is a huge deal because anti-vaxxers strongly encourage people not to get the vitamin K shot, which is an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. There is no reason not to give it. Absolutely no clinical basis whatsoever. To, if it to goes indicate. wrong, yeah. they will have severe issues. Uh, it's a, but it's there is no yeah. clinical basis, Joel. There is no clinical basis to suggest that, that vitamin K could possibly... Not even close. Uh, cause any nothing. any sort of uh, just medical nothing. health issue at yeah. all, and they still None. they and they still rally against it. It's despicable. It's one of the I re- that one really gives me the shits. Yeah, so there they go. You know, this is a real this is sort of mecca of idiots here, and yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, anti vaxxers lie. We all know that, and Wait, now it that- turns out they can't even follow the basics of industrial relations law. <laughs> what a great steaming pile of Ubuntu. That's right. A terrible Linux distribution. If Ooh, ever I've I seen can one. smell it from here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Jack, I've heard that birds aren't real. Um, our feathered friends aren't our friends at all. They're actually government drones keeping around the citizenry from the air. Always thought that. Yeah, it's just a little bit of the weird Al Yankovic male pregnancy uh, <laughs> yarn about it, Joel. So, it does, I first it does. caught this uh, on media during the week. And it turns out the kookaburras I feed with a mix of mints and insectivore are laughing. You've got to give them insectivore as well as the mint. Anyway, yeah. I won't get into that now. That's what kookaburras do. <laughs> I've seen you do it. It's actually adorable. But they're not laughing with me. They're laughing at me. Little yeah. did I know they were taking meticulous notes, these kookaburras, and circulating around the avian world with their friends, the magpies, and possibly their friends, the magpie larks, before firing off detailed intelligence reports to our security agencies. Or maybe someone else's security agencies. Ooh. China, Russia, possibly the North Koreans, who knows? I take issue with that because there's no way that kookaburras are turncoats. They're not they're, they're not Aussie Cossacks. They are good birds. Yeah, you don't birds. know. Fuck. You don't know. I don't like this. I don't like this. 
Well, the founder of the Birds Aren't Real Truther movement, American college student Peter McIndoe, has detailed a lurid conspiracy that began back in the 1950s when directors of the CIA became irritated with the appearance of bird droppings on their cars so in the car park at CIA HQ in Langley, Such Virginia. Great motivation. <laughs> uh, the window defecators were eradicated, apparently, with poison spread by B-52 bombers and replaced by avian robots used to keep a watchful eye on the world's populations. Millions die. It's great they're B-52s. Like, that is such an elaborate <laughs> fucking way to do it. Like, you know, that's that's a lot of poison. Now, McIndoe told a, a local US news service last week, I think the evidence is all around us. Birds sit on power lines. We believe they're charging on power lines. We believe that bird poop on cars <laughs> is liquid tracking apparatus. Yeah, so in those words, laughable as they are, we get a hint. Just a skerrick of satire, a whiff of piss being taken. No, they're microchips. GPS the, is so the, small the now. The cat is out of the bag now and no. stalking the pigeons. McIndoe has conceded his birds aren't real movement is satire. Parroting. Sorry, <laughs> parroting existing conspiracy uh, theories. Yeah, I see what you did there. That's very good because the parroting. Yeah, it's not a Chaser-style one-off, Andy. The birds aren't real movement has been in existence for almost five years and there have been some really strange sort of cases. There were there were pro-life and pro-choice protesters assembling in Texas and basically staring one another off and shouting and screaming and there was about to be violence and <laughs> amongst this scene, poured in a dozen or so birds aren't real protesters holding placards going, birds aren't real, <laughs> pigeons lie. <laughs> and, and it caused such confusion that they just sort of go, you know, the protesters oh, get, sort of walk away. You know, they start, the protesters start a chant, birds aren't real, birds aren't real. And so sort of confused everybody <laughs> that they sort of went their own ways. It's been a pretty good way of diffusing a lot of it's great. potentially nasty sort of incident. It's a very interesting way of fucking with someone, just out weird them to the point where they just go, I just, I, I can't handle this, I need to go home. Can we do that here? But when we look at these things, when we look at McIndoe's satire, you know, compare it, compare his claims about birds aren't real to this. This came from the uh, social media from a, a member of the Victoria's Freedom Movement. Uh, actually, okay. it's a direct quote. Actually, they have whited out the sun again today with days of spraying. Oh God! There's actually so much spraying. They are spraying behind the cover of their own spraying. It's sprayception. Far out, he Fucking wrote. And that's just some person, you know. The fellow helpfully attached a photo of a cloud-covered Melbourne sky as evidence. Yeah, because clouds are bad. Yeah, what they are spraying is not immediately clear, but if the comments change anything to go by, the spray is a kind of COVID mist dispersed by air in the manner of the old conspiracy of chemtrails, also known yes. as SLAP. Secret large scale atmospheric program. Not so secret. Where water condensation trails from aircraft aren't water condensation at all, but a mix of toxic heavy metals, oh. now infused with SARS CoV 2, apparently. Of course. Spread by the deep state to kill us all. Almost one in five Americans believe in SLAP to some degree. And while the numbers in Australia aren't known, it is one of Paleo Pete Evans friend of the podcast, he many conspiratorial it. fixations. Loves it. Late last year, 
Evans was babbling about large amounts of air traffic during border closures. We covered yeah, that, Joel, didn't we? Yeah, that's and reckoned right, yeah. the deep state was up to some human crop dusting. <laughs> In those days, Evans had almost a million and a half followers on Facebook. He did, a, he did. Not so In many followers days. now, but In babbling about chemtrails and so forth to a lot of pilled idiots. Well, where's that going to end up? He lives out to Dave O'Neags these days because he doesn't want to tread on his grass, you know. Yeah, look, we're living in what is often described as a post-fact era. Something I don't buy, by the way. Yeah, Talk okay. about that another time. We could. More, cause more access yeah. to facts facts and knowledge and science than ever before. And yet it's the Daily Caller still sort of, comes up. You know, you have to sort of, you know, wend your way through the bullshit to, to get to the truth. You know, the slap conspiracy has been around since the last decade of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Are doing one's own research a trope attached to more than one conspiracy currently in, oh, yes. uh, currently in circulation means having to wade through a mire of misinformation and often drowning in it due to that section of the brain where faith overpowers logic, where complex problems are simplified and where hard-held beliefs are confirmed by the idiosyncratic. Mm-hmm. Like the best satire, the birds aren't real movement, assist the search for truth. Its ridiculous assumptions are no more lurid or exaggerated than any of the accepted conspiracy theories. And like the best satire, these avian deniers are showing us how conspiracy theories are created and how they flourish in a reality vacuum. That's right. And one thing that I must say as a side note, I found out through a friend of mine very close to the source that one of my favorite musicians in the US is an avid believer in the birds aren't real movement and also bizarrely enough back to vaccine you cannot predict these people they are just wild birds birds are real birds birds aren't real but take the vaccine because I want you to continue going to my live shows (laughs) (laughs) here you go always about the dogs I'll do anything for you And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you today by the Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2. Remember that, Joe? Oh, retro. How quickly we forget. How quickly we forget a raging virus. So infectious it made Ebola look like the fucking mumps. Oh, yeah, but now it's like wham. You know, listeners, I worry about it. In one day out the next disposable society where we shun a perfectly good virus variant, hurl it in the bin like a crap iPhone 4, never thinking even for a moment how the virus variant might feel about it. Yeah, well done. (laughs) Won't somebody think of the Delta variant? i got a mate I think who's thinking of the Delta variant right now, to be honest. (laughs) Well, here at the Conditional Release Program, we do. And we won't have the Delta variant shuffled off ignominiously into redundancy, left battered and bruised on the roadside, replaced by a shiny new virus variant with a more impressive letter of the Greek alphabet who speeds away into the distance. That's right. Omicron is threatening not to kill anti-vaxxers and we were relying on Delta to kill anti-vaxxers. This is a bunch of bullshit. I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember the Beach Boys getting the ass when the Beatles came along. After that, poor old Brian Wilson didn't leave the house for 14 years. Although that might have been due to all the acid he took turning his head into a pumpkin. Have you seen it? Wow. It's for a good cause. Listeners, have you been to India? Well, get some Delta India. Oh, that was terrible. The Delta variant, listeners. It's still good. It's still good. Just brush it off. It's this five-second rule. It's, you know, just pick it up. Don't worry about it. It's fine. (laughs) I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws... Within all, within... 
And as we hear the hoarse sense of planet-brained activist for freedom, Fannis Panaides, we know it's time for which black pill fuckwit said that? He's a legal scholar and you fucking know it. If you're successful in today's black pill fuckwit, Joel, you'll be given a dose of the Delta variant, just like in the good old days, and you'll get a nasty case of viral pneumonia. Probably die, but you'll be able to share Delta with your friends this Christmas by not telling them they stand a very good chance of infection. It's the Christmas gift that keeps on giving I'm, and taking. I was going to say right now, I was actually a close contact this week, and I'm guessing it's probably the Delta variant. And my friend Isaac called me out hard in the pub when I was you know, out of house arrest, thanks to Dom Perrottet, or relaxing the rules. And basically he said, and I can't fault him on this, you wanted COVID, didn't you? Because it was going to make good content. And I'm like, oh, kind of. And he's like, you fucking wanted to get sick, didn't you? So you could blah. And like... It, it's I'm not. Be I'm not completely. No, I think it's actually Delta. But either way, look, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I missed yes, out. I missed look, out. Better luck next time. Better luck next time. So look, Delta India problem. I might. I might get it today. I might get it today. Let's see. If you're going to get a bit of Delta uh, India, then and basically, you know, problem shared is a problem solved. Or <laughs> half, or quarter, Look, or whatever you want to do. All I can say is I'm going to be trying today because I think me getting COVID will be great content. So let's fucking go at it. Isaac all was right. right. Isaac we was go. right. This is for you and Delta. Is the first <laughs> quote. God, we are your instrument of those sevenfold rays and all the archangels. All of them. Is Lynn Wood an option? Was that. Founder of the church, Universal Triumphant. The what? Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition cult leader, Elizabeth Care Prophet. That's a convenient last name. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I think she might have been hitting up the good people at Deed Pole over there. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a Deed Pole number if ever I've seen one. <laughs> was it? Pope during World War II who looked out from St. Peter's Basilica and wondered, what are all those Jews doing packed into cattle trains? Well, it's got nothing to do with me. Eugenio Pacelli, better known as Pope Pius XII. Or was it QAnon advocate? Doing so well as a major general, he decided to make himself a full general. Ooh. And no one in the Pentagon seems to have noticed. Mike Flynn? Yeah, I, I think they've noticed. I think. <laughs> or was it he once blew COVID away, killed it stone dead with a farting noise he made with his mouth? Prosperity gospel preacher. So prosperous, he's become... Almost a billionaire, Kenneth Copeland. We've discussed the, uh, the 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 ideas that Jesus had about the rich and the needles and the camels, and I think Kenneth Copeland's going uh, straight to hell. You Look, don't understand prosperity theology, Joel. I'm just going to go, well, I do not want to unlock that, but I want to talk about that in a future episode. So I'm going to go with the first one, Elizabeth Care Prophet, because she sticks out like a sore thumb. Well, you're absolutely right, Joel. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Yes! And I can tell you that you would have also been absolutely right Oof. if you'd said Mike Flynn. Weird. And here's why. And this is this came up in a very amusing story. And anyone who wants to have a look at my Twitter feed, my Twitter timeline, will find the thread from Shameless Jim blog. Stewartson, an anti-fascist disinformation activist. And he's yeah. certainly worth a, a follow on Twitter. He's guys. an interesting character. Stewartson discovered Mike Flynn has been plagiarising prayers from the cult, <laughs> from Prophet's cult, from the 80s which is harmless enough, although in the late 1980s, the cult itself was found to be stockpiling firearms and buying land to build survival and fallout shelters. Oh, that's fine. Yes. And this has made Flynn's followers on Telegram, where he's got some 330-odd thousand, but declining. This has made them very, very angry when they found out because Stewartson disclosed that Flynn was stealing prayers from from the church universal triumphant cult. You can't steal prayers. And... 
this was one of the letters, this was one of the messages back to poor old General Flynn. You satanic piece of garbage. I'm deleting you. You're not worthy of the title general. You betrayed the American people. Has everyone seen your satanic demon prayer? If they haven't, they need to. Mike Flynn, I'm terribly disappointed in you. You are a traitor. Every lie will be revealed. The worst parts of the disappointment. I always find the disappointments the thing that hurts the most. Disappointed. That's what hurts the most. That's what hurts the most. Yeah, so since then, Mike Flynn's been losing a thousand followers a day and he's babbling on, trying to distract and and then uh, and then basically saying, Oh, it's a Catholic prayer and I keep it in my pocket and all this sort of stuff, but it's all bullshit. He's been plagiarizing (laughs) prayers from a fucking dismal cult in the nineteen eighties. Well, I might help him by joining up on his telegram, but let's Let's face it, the, the war between him and Lynn Wood probably not helping. Uh, but that's a it's, whole it's hilarious. Check it, check, check it, check it. And Lynn, yeah, Lynn Wood and he Lynn Wood's jumped into this, jumped in on this too. Yeah. So have a have a look at my uh, Twitter timeline and, and you'll be able to see the thread up there. And nice have and, a giggle. Nice and long. It is it's got some fantastic screenshots of some wonderful comments, and Mike Flynn is quietly shitting himself. Well, I don't think he's even quietly shitting himself. He has the look yeah, he's of quite a man loudly shitting himself. Who is just screaming into his phone and turning yeah. purple around the face. Things are not so well there you go. Yeah. yeah, that was the a, a trick question in that there were two correct answers. I liked before, it. And you got you got uh, one of those two right. Felt good. I want Delta. I want Delta. It's for the content. So here we go. It's for yeah, the podcast. Get, I'm get doing Delta this for the for podcast, the Jack. This I'm doing this for the podcast, do. Jack. It's 100% for us. It's just not going to cut it as far as Not going to cut it. You need Delta. I need it in the lungs. Okay, question two. So you can have a vaccinated man sleep with an unvaccinated woman and she will become, all in caps, infertile. I mean, that's like that's like foreboding for some, but to me, that's a bit of a win. Like, you know, we don't want kids, so <laughs> I mean. So, vaccinated man, sleep with an unvaccinated woman, she'll become infertile. Was that registered US physician who has claimed falsely on too many occasions to count that there have been more deaths from COVID vaccines than from COVID infection, Dr. Annie Berkacek. Okay. Or was that registered US physician who has claimed falsely on too many occasions to count that there have been more deaths from COVID vaccines than <laughs> from COVID infection, Dr. Rashid Buttar. I'm seeing a pattern here. Or was it registered US physician who has claimed falsely on too many occasions to count that there have been more deaths from COVID vaccines than from COVID infection, Dr. Christiane Northrup? One of my favourites. Or was it registered US physician who has claimed falsely on too many occasions to count that there have been more deaths from COVID vaccines than from COVID infection and did it again just last week on the Joe Rogan shitcast? Dr. Peter McCullough. God, two cunts in one sentence. Oh, okay. So look. Not a lot of clues there. Not a lot of clues there. No, this is one of the hardest ones. Christian Northrup, my first thought. But because Peter McCullough has been like a massive rash on Telegram recently, I'm going with him. Is it Northrup? No, no. It's it's, uh, Montana doctor, Dr. Annie Bukicic. Ah, uh, and nobody and, at the best of times. And in her little quiet part of the world, there are about 100,000 people and uh, a third, only a third of them are vaccinated. And the fatality rates in Montana in her little part of the world are through the fucking roof. Yeah, so she's a she's a, an anti-vax doctor, like Butter, like Northrop, and like McCulloch, who's been babbling about COVID uh, vaccines. And he's a big he's a big horse paced man, of course. As you oh, say. of course, of course. 
of course. Yeah, I, I actually wrote a column on Friday about the Birds Aren't Real story, actually, and some people came in or a couple of guys came in and said, yeah, why don't you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast where he interviews Peter McCulloch? Eat <laughs> my what? nuts. Are you, fucking, are you fucking serious? Where do you get this shit from? Yeah, uh, Peter McCulloch is a noted anti-vaxxer and a person who has been spreading disinformation around. So in a sense, you're right, Joel. So we'll put you down for two. We'll All put right, you down sweet. for two there. I'm doing it for Isaac. I'm doing it for the podcast. This is the last question. I, and we won't put the name in, otherwise you will know who it is. Ooh. I, the living I, comma, the living soul, has not seen or been presented with any material facts or evidence that the Commonwealth of Australia is not a corporation registered on the United States Securities Exchange, is not a society, and is not a trustee in the trust, and believe that none exist, unquote. Most of that is gibberish. This is some sovsit palaver right here. trash. Give me the options. Okay, so was that enormous snapping turtle and granddaddy of the Australian sovereign citizen movement, Wayne Glue? He's snapping turtle. He really is. Was that founder of the United Kingdom of Australia, recently released from prison for firearms offences? He's got a year. He's got the red ensign, and he's flying around a parliament near you. You are Kiskonan. Don't know him. Yeah, he's got a little bit of the, uh, I would say, a little bit of the fin about him with a name like that. Yeah. A little bit of a, a little bit of finish. Yeah, he's a, a rotten shark guy. Founder of the United Kingdom. He's not He's not a sharp guy. Not a sharp no, guy. a rotten shark guy. Oh. <laughs> they love that shit over there. Yeah, yeah. It's well, their that bread might, and butter. That might explain it. But anyway. <laughs> it, does, it does things to the brain. Uh, so this uh, was it, Yuha Kiskonan. Was it angry, angry woman and will do anything she says? We will do anything she says, anything including swarming parliaments and making arrests of whoever she wants us to arrest, provided she has never, ever seen photographed in a bikini again, Teresa Van Lyshout. Oh, what a classic. Or was it High Court comedian and email genius, Fon Senator Malcolm Roberts? He is a very special character. I like the idea that it's Lyshout. Well, I'm going to give you a bit of a clue in that Ooh. this was the, the quote itself was taken from a document that was sent to Julia Gillard when ah. she was Prime Minister. Well, is it glue then? Oh. Well, would you like to try again? <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to gracefully take Delta at this point. It is it Malcolm fucking Roberts? Yes, it was. Well done. Oh, my well done. God. <laughs> actual senator. An actual senator. 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 Actual senator. A sovsit babble. This was around oh, the, uh, uh, the carbon tax, the so-called carbon tax. Ah, uh, yeah. And he was offering in this document that he would opt out of the carbon tax because oh, well, good on you. Australia is not a commonwealth. It's a corporation registered oh, in the United States Securities Exchange. He's a senator! Senator! Oh, dear, oh, dear. Genuinely terrifying. Dear, oh, dear. Malcolm, poor little Malcolm Roberts. You fucking nearly invisible fucking insect of a man. Bless his stature. Now, we asked listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Pill Fuckwits. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop a Align. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tatter if you make our lives easier and send me a quote we can use on the show. And by me, I mean Jack. Send it yes, to the, Jack. It's got to be marked to my attention to the conditional release program at gmail.com. And it transpires the conditional release program stubby holder, the living soul, 
has recently discovered Australia is not a Commonwealth at all, but a corporation listed on the stock exchange recently purchased Holus Bolus by Elon Musk for a violent crumble and a vicious hire purchase agreement for a Tesla we are likely to default on by February next year. The insurance alone is enough to bury me. The conditional release program stubby holder has discovered just in time, just before we are forced to trudge off to Elon Musk's acid mines, that all laws, state and federal, are unconstitutional and invalid. Rise up, Australia. The conditional release program stubby holder does not consent. And we'll wave the stats on the AV update again this week while we ponder the Omicron variant and whistle in awe at its huge infection rate and transmissibility, which early stats both here and in the UK, for example, are saying case numbers are doubling every three days. Wow. Is there any good news? Well, yes, there's a bit. There is early data saying Omicron infects the bronchus, but the lungs not so much. I can spare the bronchus. Uh, and only one person is dead from Omicron in the UK, none here and none anywhere in the world as far as I can tell. That may not be accurate in terms of the rest of the world. There was one death in the UK. Um, so we may have something that is incredibly infectious but not as lethal as Which good old nice. Delta. We don't actually want anti-vaxxers to die. We joke about it, but we actually don't want them to die. Oh, we don't want people to die. I mean, look, the, you know, the, the, the scenario is that, you know, this is so rapidly infecting that it will you know, basically infect the world yeah. and and then, you know, this will be the end of it. Um, God, I that's hope so. what some people are predicting. But it's so it's a bit early for saying that. Uh, what we can say is returning to lockdowns would be a disaster. We we have Fuck to yeah. watch to see how our public health systems are, are coping with this, you know, because uh, uh, premiers and PMs are saying, oh, we're not going to change anything. Uh, well, the exception of Mark McGowan, that is. Uh, yes. Well, and just keeping their fingers crossed that it doesn't blow out of control. Yeah, I'm not exactly uh, pro lockdown at this point. I'm I'm feeling like we've got to we've got to learn to live with it at this point. Uh, look, I, I I think a return to lockdown so there would be riots on the street. And, I might and, even join some. Who knows? Uh, yeah, and and I'd, I'd be sort of well, I I'm not that badly affected by lockdowns, but I can understand how a lot of people would be very very frustrated by it. But sometimes you protest for others. So as a replacement for our stats segment on COVID, while it appears everyone is going to come into contact with Omicron and soon. Here's where we have no data, Omicron and long COVID. And no one's even talked about it. And I know it's way too early to be assessing that, but we just don't have any data at all. We have a bit on reinfections and vaccine uh, efficacy, but nothing on long long COVID, which is a bit troubling. troubling. In the meantime, we urge people to get boosted ASAP. uh, That mRNA booster has a very agreeable 75% efficacy in terms of preventing affection. Go and get it done, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm boosted, nah, Joel. You not bo- yet. I'm still sort soon? of like uh, running up the five-month mark, but I'll start. You're on the fence about the vaccines. Yes, that's exactly it. I'll go on record and saying that I think they're all a conspiracy. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Nova. I can't upgrade to Windows 11, and until I can, I'm not fucking injecting myself with the experimental jab. <laughs> and in other anti-vax news, and in a case of do as I say, not as I do, an invitation for a Hollywood party at the home of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., one of America's most notorious anti-vaccine conspiracy theorists, reportedly urged guests to his home to get tested or vaccinated for coronavirus before they came inside his house, before they crossed the threshold. Oh, 
Bobby. Jesus, man. Politico reports Bobby Kennedy Jr. held a holiday gathering at his home in California last week and virtual invites told attendees to take the same precautions that Kennedy has spent the pandemic attempting to undermine for enormous financial gain. No fucking plague rats at Bobby's house and that's an order. Now, when Politico asked him about the apparent hypocrisy at his shindig, Kennedy blamed his wife, Curb Your Enthusiasm star Cheryl Hines. I guess I'm not always the boss at my own house, Kennedy told Politico's Daniel Whitman. He added that tests and vaccine statuses weren't checked at the door. <laughs> well, you fucking invite people along your house and go, look, I'm just going to have to check your vaccine status. That's what Bobby wanted us to believe, but he didn't do that, he reckons. That wasn't any of that, it wasn't right. any of that going on. Kennedy's anti-vaccine group, the Children's Health Defence, more than doubled its revenue last year to $6.8 million, uh, according to an associate, Associated Press investigation. Now, this was raised with the Clint Eastwood of the anti-vax the dirty dozen in a most amusing interview with Gawker journalist Tarplay Hit. Tarplay quizzed Bobby on where all the money was coming from uh, into uh, Bobby's past the measles mob, the loves children's measles. defence fund. This guy has a huge thing for measles. He loves, loves measles. measles. He, re- he wants measles. He needs measles. He wants Just everyone to get measles. So Bobby's got some explaining to do there is, you know, that all this money has come in, but the Children's Defence Fund won't acknowledge, won't publish where that money's come from. And meanwhile, he's written a book uh, basically pointing the finger at Anthony, Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation about where they get their money from and where they've spent their money, which he's often got yeah. wrong. It seems, seems like a good deal of it has Don't been made up. Don't let the truth get up, in the way of a Yeah. <laughs> When asked about it in this interview with the Gorka boy, geez, he got half. It's really, really funny <laughs> and most amusing. And we'll uh, we'll put the link of the interview up on our shit posting website. And in a uh, an extraordinary piece of efficiency, I and I think I, think I already have, have, have done that. Have a read of that interview with Gorka. But there, if you want to go to Bobby's house, you got to be vaxxed. You do one rule for them, one rule for me. Well, as the uh, Clouds crack open and uh, really dump down over in my neck of the woods. It has been a huge week for the movement with the huge, Night of Night, the Freedom mm. Ball. It's oh, a black tie yeah. event organized by Simeon Boykov, otherwise known as the Aussie Cossack. Aussie Ballsack is a nice little thing that's been going around, <laughs> who is commonly believed to be a Russian operative of sorts that is doing his... Well, it's not that he's believed to. He's actually said Well, it. yes, but uh, Tom Tanaki recently released the fact that he's a Russian operative that Russia doesn't want. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah, doing his damn one. best to amplify the voice of idiots to destabilize our society through a bizarre and pointless act of defiance toward law enforcement and just sort of family harmless public institutions... I mean, why? But why not, I guess, if you're that kind of guy. So the Freedom Ball turned into instant controversy. Nothing these people do is drama-free. It's always a big fucking disaster in the works. But this one was a profound fuck-up with a ticket price of 521 for a nice meal, champagne on arrival, an open bar, and the chance to rub shoulders with a few jumped-up wannabe celebrities. it, it it's a lot. lot, and not only that, but like, who wants to hang out with Avi <laughs> Yemeni anyway? You have to pay me to spend time with him. He's the kind of person who hassles you when you're dining and then spins it around yeah. like you were the problem for having the audacity to eat dinner in public. What a cunt. So a few interesting additions were Turbo Gronk and intellectual nobody John Ruddick from the Libertarian Liberal Democrats and 
genuinely cooked unit, oh Ross Cameron. The man who was too yes, hard yeah. for, for the IP. He really has just decided um, to really yeah. hitch his wagon to a very cooked unit because, let's face it, he probably has enough family money to see him through. Yeah, maybe that's it. And and, and, and Ross Cameron also Very, there, very Joel. strange individual. Very, very strange individual. Yeah, so I've met him on several occasions for us, and he's quite friendly in an overt sort of way. And then when he gets talking, it's like, yeah. You're, uh, you're we have a quick moment later. It's, it's, it's lovely. Ah, beautiful. Look, the event was cancelled with uh, Le Montage, the venue that hosted Milo Yiannopoulos in 2017. Mm. Remember him? God, he's actually, yeah, he's now straight because uh, he's like prayed the gay away and now he's doing really weird infomercials for like Bible thumping fucking like, you know, CD yeah, compilations. It's just, it's weird. It's His fall from grace is a, amazing. It's not a good it's business model. He came to Australia essentially because no yeah. one else would have him. And, um, and in just, 2017, and Lamontage, as we yeah. say, hosted him. Um, but the venue pulled out at the last minute because staff refused yeah. to work the shift. They found a new venue. They said <laughs> the Cossack blamed the coppers, but it wasn't them at all. They found a new venue, but in the meantime, the Cossack milked the situation as much as he could, claiming it was the police. The oh. police had done it. That shut it down, and that it was all blah oh, blah tyranny. No, Simeon, the workers didn't want to deal with plague rats. That's right. Like and fair enough, Chris Coverage confirmed this with New South Wales Police, but Boykoff likes the idea that the cops stopped it because that's, that's, that's what he does. Stick, he, does he makes shit up. So Chris Coverage actually went to cover the event outside, but he found a bit of a dead end since the cars entered this long, weird driveway manned by a security guard. So he didn't get really much from it. There was, you know, like one of those sort of like, you know, underground entrances. But because Simeon loves the cops when they do his bidding, police arrived to give him a move on direction, which he called. When Chris asked, like, texted Simeon to ask why this happened, he simply responded with, bye-bye. This is a freedom ball, and they called the cops <laughs> on someone claiming to be a journalist who was trying to cover it. I mean... He was just going to run alive, poor insane, old Chris. Insane, insane. Where's the freedom? Where's oh, the freedom? Look, yeah, no, no freedom. freedom. Monica Smith was meant to be there but didn't show. She claimed later that it was an ethical thing, but it's more likely that she... Got denied her flight due to vac status and had to drive up. Maybe. Uh, I think you still fly on Virgin Blue, can you? I've heard that, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I've heard that, but I'm not sure either. Yeah. She still came to Sydney, though, despite that being completely illegal, and bragged about being here with her pure blood and her bells. It's so obvious. Her face is not aligned. She's like, she's not vaccinated, apparently. Well, maybe she is. Who knows? Alexandra Marshall, otherwise known as Ellie Melly on Twitter, was there doing whatever she does. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, just, you know, saying that, like, Nazis don't exist, but then they're socialists or some shit. She just says insane shit, and it gets idiots excited because idiots get excited about insane shit. I still don't know what her purpose is, but she was there. Yes, look, she writes to the Spectator, and she uh, babbles uh, for Weird. Rebel News, and uh, she's turned up at Sky There's News no from point. time to time, but I don't think she gets There's a gig no there point. anymore. Uh, Ross Cameron did get up and speak. He was, uh, <laughs> I think he was probably the paid speaker. It'd be very interesting to see if he cut the quid. Uh, I don't know whether he did or not, but it'd be interesting to see if he it was be a paid though, yeah. speaker. And here's a quote from his inspirational talk. We are going to take the little seed of resistance that we find in the nurses, that we find in the mothers and grandmothers, and we are saying we are not up for it. What the fuck does that even mean? I mean, Ross, I mean... Get back on the meds, man. I pulled that quote from a Twitter feed that was actually saying that quote as an inspirational aspect of the night. That was a highlight to a cooker saying, 
How good is that quote? If you saw that on your desk calendar, you, you'd give the Gregorian calendar away. You'd just say, I'm sorry, it's Mayan for me from now on. Nothing makes any sense anymore. It's ridiculous. So basically, Harrison McLean, the Nazi, was there with his that weird plastic Aryan-looking face and his little Nazi haircut. And Anthony Kalouf turned up mm-hmm. and coined the event the Shill Fest, which is not wrong. He walked Ooh. straight in, Ooh. laughed about it, which made Boykov a little bit upset. Oh, you got past my security who was looking at his <laughs> phone and not checking back status and threw him out. But the thing is, he was thrown out while live streaming himself sculling a two-liter jug of soft drink. Why? I just have no idea. Why would you grab a jug of soft drink? And- <laughs> he's, he's trying to be hard. But what he's trying a to be hard, Anthony Cliff, now that he's three months yeah. in hell. Oh, man. He just, just needs that sugar rush. You know, He needs that diabetes. What a fucking weirdo. Raph Fernandez yeah. was super pissed that he didn't get an invite and had a tantrum on Telegram. Dave O'Neags had the same issues, wondering why his hot takes on clouds weren't landing well with the political operative parasites that infest the movement. And not everyone was in black tie and cocktail dress, as were they were instructed, with one bloke turning up in a flannel and jeans. But look, for 500 bucks, you can do what you want. But the UAP was all over this like a rash. Of course, the whole freedom, 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 with the sort of, you know, little stage photo background with all the branding. And Craig Kelly turned up, of course. Yeah, he didn't uh, didn't pop, pop the uh, the bow tie on, uh, Craig. I was very, very disappointed. Uh, Avi Yemeni uh, showed up in a jacket with his shirt hanging out of his pants. I mean, come on, Avi. What, what was this? Some kind of look, you know, I'm not going to be authoritarian. I'm not going to tuck my pants. I'm not going to tuck my shirt into my pants. I mean, Jesus, you just look like a fucking ruffian. Yes. Well, you know, it's a black tie with an asterisk, right? No, he didn't so, have a tie on. He just had the, you know, boldly went in with uh, with the unbuttoned shirt. With the, of with, course. Sorry, with a, yeah, with a button down shirt. Yeah. What, what a statement. What a statement he made. So, like some sort of shit wedding, they had a head table behind the lectern <laughs> with the stars of the show, like Ruction, Avi Yemeni, and Crackers Kelly, and a few other old white men. I think I Ross couldn't, I couldn't name well. them. I saw them and I just didn't know who they were. Yeah, I actually didn't know. But it was just gross. And it was clearly designed to cement Boykov as this leader of the movement. But that. It just hasn't worked out well at all in yeah, any way, and shape, look, or form. We don't want to get fixated about what they were wearing, but but Simeon Boykoff looked like he was wearing the dinner suit that he bought about 15 years ago when he was about 30 kilos lighter. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he actually actually looked like it was a passable. It was a passable imitation of a uh, of the Michelin Man, uh, uh, the Aussie yes. Cossack. Yeah, he was just bursting out. Bursting Maybe out of his the suit, the Pillsbury Donut mate, guy. If you, if you, if you look, if you're making a, if you're making a decent quid, mate, go and buy yourself a new suit for fuck's sake. It seems timely. It seems timely. So basically, this event caused a huge rift in the movement, with people incredibly upset that the freedom of unvaccinated people in New South Wales, where they're being allowed to now roam freely, was celebrated with an exclusive event with a huge price tag. People suggested there be a freedom barbecue at the front of the old venue montage that was free to all people. You know, all the unwashed lunatics that they tend to go to marches with. The idea lasted a few minutes before Boykov nope right the fuck out of that. But the punters were not happy about no. this. No, at there was all. a lot of consternation, a lot of frustration, a lot of very, very angry 
uh, angry, angrier than usual. Yes, anti lockdowners, anti vaxxers. Well, I mean, like they gave up so much for this movement. They told them, you know, don't get the jab, don't Fair get the enough. jab. We've got your back. We've got your back. And then when you get this freedom, this moment that you apparently fought towards, well, unless you can afford it, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, because Simeon's calling the shots now, and that's the one. And and and, and Vladimir Putin hadn't been on the hadn't been on the blower to tell him what he could and could not do. It really is a little bit Russian to just have the oligarchs present and no one else. <laughs> I mean, it just it really does have that sort I of like washed that. I flavor. I like that thought. Yeah, yeah. Only good. the oligarchs could make it. Mm. Yeah, it's pathetic. So the claim that all proceeds raised were going to help families affected by mandates and lockdown is just yet another line of complete horseshit. Ten fucking tickets were sold, which would barely cover the cost of the event. It makes a lot more sense the event was covered oh, it by won't cost, it won't. It won't cover. <laughs> it was a publicity stunt. Yeah. If, like, you know, they invited a few fucking, you know, unwashed idiots at a laughable price tag to subsidize the event. But for the most part, this was just a UAP rally. Do you reckon Clive cut a check on it? I'm not so sure about that. I Clive, be- Clive's at least smart enough to look across that group and go, I'm not paying for this. He gives the money to Cossack. The Cossack does what he wants with it. That's what the way I see it. That, to me, is Uncle Clive paying mm. for it indirectly for sure. Either way, the whole thing fucking backfired. Because, you know, let's face it, the rifts have seen a genuine split in the movement, which has been coming for a bit of time now because, let's face it, people are picking their leader. It's either Craig Kelly, the idiot, or Ricardo Bozzi, the violent dictator. Yeah, it's hard to, hard, hard, to, hard to really make a choice there, isn't it? It really is. And this weekend, Nick Banjo-Patterson held his first rally in Melbourne with his terrifying Christian militia, the peacemakers. It's Almost adorable, oh, isn't Nick, it? Nick, you're growing up so fast, man. You know, where's all that time gone? Because while <laughs> on bail for allegedly assaulting police and like a billion other charges, he thinks it's a really good idea to cause shit in public because, well, that's our banjo. Yeah, the law doesn't apply to you, champion. So I've said before, and I'll say this again, I'm fucking bored of the protest. Me too. Utterly fucking bored. There's nothing Once to again, protest about. I just just stay home for a weekend. Watch the cricket. But a few people did show up, and once again, we have to quickly scan over it. Oh, now, all right. Yeah, okay. This one was creepy as fuck. So many weird God vibes. Bible quotes on the stage. They do that weird, like, daily prayer thing, you know, daily bread, eating bread, being God, liking stuff. They sang Amazing Grace, which was stuck in my head all fucking day after that. Yeah. Even the you, awful you know, there's only one. There's only one sort of clinically proven way to remove that. You've got to play ACDC's Riff Raff, full bore, uh, three times over, and then you'll never hear that earworm again. You won't hear anything ever again, but you won't hear that earworm. Ever again. I would go with Fear Factory's Piss Christ off the Dean Manufacturer album, but look, we have, <laughs> we have different tastes. That will, that will probably do About it. 10 minutes of double kick nightmares. So one bloke said that he prayed that God would remove the dictator in charge, mm. Dan Andrews, rather oblivious to the fact that by that logic, God put him there. Oh, yeah, look, whoopsie. you know how you know actually put him there? You fucking moron. Uh, the guy who put him, uh, the, the people who put him there are the people of people Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. And Victoria. they put him it's in democracy. there with an increased majority yeah. in and he 2018. Also, yeah. He's also on news poll to uh, basically smash and, that majority. And, get, and, and hand out a similar smacking uh, 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 late, uh, late next year. 
So embarrassing. I just, I listened to this guy saying, and may God remove the tyrannical dictator. I'm like, he put him there, you idiot. So some <laughs> lunatic soul shit me. named Lynn Bennett, who I don't know enough about. Oh, she's, she's fantastic. She seems very funny though. She's, she is she's, very funny. She had a great t-shirt with like a fucking like Eureka flag and some bullshit about a Southern Cross. I don't know. She went about serving places. So the excellent Soz149 at SOS149 on Twitter. Please follow her. She's amazing. Yeah, please follow Soz. She's Covered the events really well and showed a picture of the police evidence gathering team watching the events quite closely. We'll post that tweet on the posting site because I think it's really funny. She's there posting one of these ridiculous, like, quasi-legal sobsit subpoenas on a thing with this police evidence team just capturing the entire thing. Just like, oh, yes, this is very useful for us when we take you to court. <laughs> so they did this at Government House. They did this at the Supreme Court. It has the Magna Carta on it. It's got blood thumbprints. It's a Sovsit fucking tick box. It's bingo uh, card of Sovsits. But they were so stoked about doing it. They had this weird optimism about them. They were, they were hugging each other and it was weird. It was weird. It's I, I think it was Lynn who was actually at the front of uh, Government House in Melbourne going, uh, we're just here now to uh, remind you that the governor is required to be it's required to leave Government House tomorrow, gave a 24-hour nose, and and she inadvertently said Governor-General. Then we want the Governor-General <laughs> Yeah, out. that's right. That was and, very and good. All her, and all her friends around her are going, Governor, Governor, Governor. Yeah, and then she said, yeah, that's right. Sorry, Governor. And then she yeah. said, oh, and the Governor-General too. Yeah. Do well, you know, you fucking idiots. Uh, so one of the lunatics that signed this paper is a branch vice president for the Christian Democratic Party, which, let's face it, that's a meaningless position. What branch? Like a seat you're never going to win. But it shows that the Solsits and the Godbothers are majorly in bed together. Yeah. And the Godbothers have money. Yeah, that was interesting. And the Solsits have weird, weird ideas. Mix those together and you get shit like this. But we have to report on the omni-shambles that was the misprision of treason case brought before the poor old good folks of Myrtleford Magistrates Court on Friday. central Victoria, having a little quiet one, and all of a sudden the world descended on their doorstep. They did not ask this. And what the register was thinking for letting this go on the books, I just don't yeah, know. Yeah, he, you know. he or she needs a bit of an ass-kicking, a bit of a counselling session. She been sent off for the dreaded counselling, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, vexatious litigant, isn't a term I use lightly, but come on. So the Cisco WebEx link was leaked and joined by hundreds of complete <laughs> lunatics. I joined late, but Soz149 was saying they were singing and carrying on like idiots before it really started kicking off. Yeah. As the scheduled start time of the case loomed, people were joining, but a lot of people. And the Cisco WebEx function, beep on join, was turned on by the admins. Beep, beep. It was fucking chaos. People had their microphones turned on, which resulted in the feedback of the beeps, which made like a beepception, where it was like a beep made a beep, made an echo of a beep. So there was like echoing beeps. It was like, it was the most fucked up thing ever. So all it was, was just this baseline of beeps, like a double kick drum from a fucking Sepultura album. And it was a bunch of angry freedom lovers yelling at each other to mute their microphones to quieten down this drum beat of beeps and then telling everyone to shut up. And then of course, once there was a quiet moment, casually chatting about killing Dan Andrews by public execution, by stoning him in public. It was great. Just casually. Why not? Yeah. One person actually found the instruction on how to turn off the beep on join, but also realized they could share the screen and displayed it as a screen share. Then everyone started displaying their screens. 
someone had a Dogecoin scam and there was a whole <laughs> bunch of like weird Dan Andrews memes about him being a dictator and blah, blah, fucking blah. Yeah, look, uh, there was uh, the old, the, the, the gallows were, were, were drawn up there. Mm-hmm. It was a complete and utter nightmare. They, they, these things are supposed to be closed links because, of course, with COVID, people aren't, you know, people aren't appearing in physically in courtrooms. That's right. And, so, yeah. so these things are created for really... Uh, what we're talking about, an audience of maybe four or five people, including yeah. you know, council <laughs> two and four. And the people involved, yeah. Um, two and four and against the magistrate, the clerk of the courts, and that's about it. And all of a sudden hundreds of people are going, what's going on? What did he say when he just did that? And, beep, 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 know, beep, 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 beep. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Beep, beep. And in the meantime, uh, the case was just thrown out and they didn't even notice it. They didn't even notice. And one of the great things was is that like, so there was this thing here on WebEx where the actual thing was being done, where everything turned to shit. And then the place where it wasn't being done, which was the magistrate's court, which actually had an in-person protest. And look, we'd love to cover this. We're already going long this week. But they had a whole in-person protest, which Peter Little covered in horrific detail. I think the Facebook Live is probably still up. And you had all these wing nuts out the front genuinely thinking that Dan Andrews was about to go down for treason. But they're outside of court that's not operating. Courts are operating. There's a pandemic. The magistrate, the magistrate just looked at it and went, I'm not fucking doing this. Threw it in the bin. And Peter Little, by the way, is uh, got a mention in our Church of Ubuntu. He did. He did. Uh, he's so a real he's, uh, been, he's had a very, very busy week. So basically, WebEx, they kicked us all out and they started a new thing where they dismissed it very quickly. And outside of the magistrate's court where nothing was actually happening, they had a giant in-person protest where, I don't know, a few people maybe made out and maybe had some weird peeled kids. Who fucking knows? <laughs> and Twitter has some great stuff on this if you, you want more on this absolute shit show. Go and have a look. It was absolute chaos and really, in a way, you know, sort of post-pandemic contemporary art. It is. You it know, is. the freedom movement and their weird fetish for lawsuits always tickles us pink, doesn't it, Joe? Makes, makes my fucking purple piss makes, in yeah, my heart. Makes your heart pump purple piss. That, that is something I stole from you. I love that line. I love that line. Uh, and meanwhile, in a case of, oops, I'm dying of radiation poisoning. Ooh, Necklaces and accessories claiming to protect people from 5G mobile networks have found to be radioactive. Who would have thought? You know, Who would have thought? Chernobyl style. <laughs> the Dutch Authority for Nuclear Safety and Radiation Protection. I shouldn't be laughing, but this is really It is very enough. funny. I mean, the Dutch Authority for Nuclear Safety and Radiation Protection issued a warning about 10 products it found gave off harmful ionizing radiation. And it must be said, like 5G, 4G, not ionizing radiation. No. Which is not like, okay, we can all speculate, we can all talk shit, but on the books, not harmful. No. Ionizing radiation (laughs) is genuinely like Marie Curie shit. This will hurt you. This yeah. will hurt you. Yes. That's the way it works. And Mary and a wonderful husband. Geiger husbands. counters are going off. Geiger counters. Yeah, tick, 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 Mary tick, and a wonderful tick, tick. husband did, of course, die of radiation poisoning. And look, the, the, product, the product itself designed to stop harmful ionising radiation actually brings harmful ionising so radiation worse. to the table. So much worse. The Dutch Authority urged people not to use the products, which have been circulating all around Europe, and because they could cause harm with long-term wear, you know. Per- you know, your kids have permanent orange afros, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, don't make a mouth guard out of uranium. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Like, what? What? Ah, look, you could strip the paint off your house too, you know, <laughs> just by walking around it. Look, the pro- the products identified including, included an energy armor sleeping mask. Oh, that's Oh, yeah. yeah. So you want that extra... You want that X-ray vision? Right that's a good in, place to start. Yep, that's right. And you can get there. a bracelet and a necklace. And there was a bracelet for children. Oh, good. Branded Magnetics Wellness. And that was also found to be <laughs> radiation. Because you've got to save the kids. You've got to save the kids. It's a big thing these days. You've got to the save the Dutch kids. The Dutch authority, and I need to repeat this again, the Dutch authority for nuclear safety and yep. radiation protection said, don't wear this anymore. Put it away safely. That means put it in a fucking lead box. Yes. And await for the return instructions. They had to run the gun counter over this, though. Imagine how much shit hasn't been found like this. It's ridiculous. Uh, How much shunlight has Raffinandez sold that actually kills kids? Anyway, go on. (laughs) The sellers in the Netherlands, known to the ANVS, have been told that the sale is prohibited and must be stopped immediately and that they must inform their customers about this. Look, I'm going to keep mine on anyway, Joe, just in case, because we now we have to turn to a segment that has gone thermonuclear, frankly. It's just that damn huge, and it's getting huger, none huger than the week in Pete Evans. And it has been a huge week in Pete Evans. With Petey catching up with his only mates, Tom Barnett and Dave O'Neggs. We have the human thumb, the craggy face conspiracy theorist, and the smiling monkey that's scared of the moon. What a (laughs) triumphant trio. Unstoppable. But what's really unstoppable is Pete's posting. Holy shit, it has been been a big week for him. He has once again set a personal best. I'm not even going to count the post. We need more patrons for that. But it's like a solid hundred and something. Wow. Just post after post of complete bullshit. And they're all just shares. They're not unique. There's a couple of unique things in here. I'll give you some quotes. I'll I'll give you some cheddar. But this makes a certain degree of sense. Because we've been saying for a long time that we are still in the thick of this moment that anti-vaxxers are desperate. This is their Alamo. They must be right. Yeah. I told you so moment means everything to them. They're fucking narcissists, let's face it. Sure, that means that most of their old friends and relatives are going to die in a global genocide plot, but that's no biggie. Nah, that's their own fault. Nothing. It's about that moment you can walk up to them dying from some sort of immune issue from the fucking vaccine saying, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't have got the experimental jab. Should've I sent you all me. those forwards. Why didn't you read them on Telegram? <laughs> and, I mean, how do they do this now that we aren't all peeling off? I'm not dead yet. What? They moved the goalposts, as always. They've been pivoting a lot recently, trying to scare the kids off the vaccine, trying to link every time a soccer player has a heart issue to the vaccine. Here's the thing, guys. Soccer players have heart issues because they are bullied through capitalism to push their bodies to a point where they actually keel over and die. This was happening before the pandemic, but now you're using the career-ending illness of professional sports people for your own political game because you are terrible, terrible people. (laughs) But their latest I told you so moment comes with the speculation on Omicron. Pete's posted a lot on this. Pete will be all over Omicron, wouldn't he? He's loving the idea the vaccinated are now spreading Omicron and the vaccinated are somehow being conned into experiencing this 
far less severe COVID experience. Oh, making me so sad with my less severe COVID. Oh, what will I do wrong? You fucking moron. From the very start, nobody has said the vaccine stopped you from getting COVID altogether. They prevent it to an extent. You can still get it, you fucking idiot. Google this. If you do, your symptoms will be less severe, which stops our nurses from being overrun by you morons who turn up to hospitals saying, gee, actually COVID turns out to be quite bad. It's really fucking simple. But this is way too much for Pete to comprehend. He doesn't understand these things. So he asks questions with the logic of a five-year-old. Here's a quote from our fucking genius in charge here. Serious question. Does catching COVID after being double or triple penetrated with an experimental secret recipe count as a vaccine injury? Asking for a few million friends that are about to go through this very scenario. (sighs) Jesus Christ, Pete. That is not a serious question. If you weren't (laughs) being such a fucking childish brat about it, maybe Google could answer that. But surprisingly enough, Google results for this question don't come up with much. Why is that? Oh, because it's a breathtakingly stupid set of words. You fucking moron. Now, yes, Pete, people can still get COVID after vaccination. Guess what, Pete? They can get COVID twice after this natural immunity you bleat on about constantly. Mm. Except the latter is after a crippling illness that can leave you devastatingly ill for weeks, potentially months, and might just casually kill you. The Pfizer jab, on the other hand, made me sleepy for a day which I was able to plan for. I I just don't know who's coming out ahead. But with Omicron dancing around vaccines, the anti-vaxxers are looking hard at case numbers. Not hospitalization, just case numbers. Because it plays into their narrative. But they just really want to be right because that's all that matters. They just want to be right. So here's another quote from our genius fucking shitposter in charge. When the people who have trusted these government buffoons who told them to take their medicine like good little boys and girls realize they've been played, well, that is when this movie is going to get really interesting. He loves the movie thing, the popcorn thing. It's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah, he'd love Buckle that. Buckle up love that. and yeah, watch them turn on their comedy. abusers. For the ones that have not complied because they saw through the bullshit from the very start and have warned their family and friends, I take my hat off to you all. Well, look, I'm going to just say this right now. Uh, anyone who's warned their family and friends, their family and friends are no longer speaking to them. So uh, <laughs> good luck getting through the message. But look, I mean, how do we fucking get played, Pete? What the fuck are you even talking about? They're abusers? I mean, it's not a big deal for t- Pete to trivialize the concept of abuse. Because that's what he does. He's a malignant narcissist and a cult leader. And this just checks out for him. Oh, abuse. I'm just going to use this term at my discretion because, eh, why not? It sounds bad. So his telegram is just a constant fodder of cook numbers, bullshit statistics, and slightly hateful right-wing bile. The memes are so self-centered about not wearing masks because you don't give a fuck about workers. You don't give a fuck about your friends. No one but yourself. Bitching about inflation like he knows what it is. And then suggesting that Bitcoin is the answer. Mate, that's the most volatile commodity on the fucking planet. How, I just, I, you can't make this shit up. Just took, if, just, took, just took another big dip too, yes. It's fucking embarrassing. If Pete was relevant, he would be a dangerous idiot. But at the moment, he's just an idiot. This guy isn't about love and light. He's about fear and loathing. It's about how he attempts to stay relevant. But his relevance has started to slip in a big way. The old oh, guard of please. classic anti-vaxxers, they're just not cutting the mustard anymore. The new kids are getting all the clout. Aww. So he's hitched his wagon to the new crucifix-pushing, freedom-loving freak show, 
cafe locked out. Oh, he? He's dig on that some of his clout back. It's pathetic. So, see, Pete has his own platform, the Evolve Network, $10 a month, but it's not enough because Pete thought he was the man and that people would naturally flock to him. But his irrelevance makes sense because all he does is just share American meme trash and interview fucking cooked out idiots who've done a thousand other videos with a thousand other clout chasing wankers. Who fucking cares? All his hot takes are so incredibly selfish and just super childish. They're even dumb for anti-vaxxer standards. So Pete needs a profile boost. So he's going to yes. hit the circuit, see some Pete. clout, get some views from you know the group that formed from nowhere. They risk nothing and now they own the field. Poor old Pete. He gave up everything for shitposting and it hasn't really actually got him anywhere. I'm no. keen to see Pete nudge back in the movement. The movement he's been too cool for, mind you. Started posting American stuff and really ignored the Australian front lines and maybe see him recenter himself in the Australian dickhead squad. But in the meantime, I guess he's just going to keep munching Ritalin and sharing shitty memes because that's all he really does. Between, of course, cutting sick on his skate ramp and seeing his three only friends. I mean, that's that's a life, I guess. I mean, Poor old Craggy Pete. And you have been listening to the Condition Relief Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, we found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We've set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily because we have a very unique name, Condition Release Program. Like, what else is going to come up? Like, well, parole programs, actually. Yeah, a bunch of Promoting stuff in a- Texas about yeah, basically, yeah, It's actually quite funny on Google. Promoting a podcast is easier than done. Please share this episode or other episodes that are better. I reckon there's actually a lot of other better episodes. Share them. They're great. But yeah, either this, way, this look, all right. it wasn't bad. But I tell you what, there's some good ones out there. Now, the Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. For as little as five subs a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. And if you give us enough money, you can watch us record the damn show. And we promise that if we reach a 1,000 patrons, we will finally release the full list of child enthusiasts. Bill Heffernan was banging on about empowerment. Got on the top drawer. It's locked. The list is real, people, and we have it. Attention, Karen Brewer. So join up at patreon.com slash the conditional release program to find out who did what, when, and where. And who? And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to tell us Weird Al has gone into labour and have fetched some hot water and towels. And then we'll pass around the cigars when Weird Al's kid comes out of his anal crevice. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Yeah. That's See you next time. Merry Christmas. Christmas. A big day. Merry Christmas, kids. We may have to be back next week. See ya.